We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Barcelona Podcast, episode 184, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and sponsored betonline.ag. It's Unmissable Opinions, brought to you by the most influential voices in the FC Barcelona community. I'm Dan Hilton. He's Frances Tomas. Frances, I usually try to come up with a witty opening on this one, but things are weird. It's surreal. It's odd. I, I will immediately start the show by taking the hood off the car and say that I work in sports, and every day, uh, my wife's working from home now, and I just wake up, and I say to her, I go, this is weird, this is surreal, what's going on here? But I just want to know, Frances, more importantly than anything else, how are you doing? How's everything in Qatar, and how's the family? Uh, things are, hola cules, things are the same they are all around the world, they're just, they're just strange. Um, I was walking around, I had to get out of the house today, and I was walking around, um, not the city center, because Qatar, obviously doesn't really technically have a city center. It's just four streets put together. And it was very spooky. It just felt like a, like a zombie movie, you know? I was expecting some sort of very hungry green people coming out from the sides. Um, really, really strange, you know? Uh, it is not something that anyone obviously could have predicted or expected. And I, I want to trust that everyone's doing their best so that this nightmare just finishes off um, with everyone's help. Yeah, I put into the, the Facebook group and I put it on the on Facebook page as well on Twitter and I put out a YouTube video yesterday just so everybody knows. So this is a podcast of the, the final piece of content from the messaging that I want to let people know that we are going to continue doing the show every week, maybe twice a week because I've got a few people that I'm talking with uh, just to have a, a little more, a little different topics that we have time for that because there's no football, because the, you know there is no transfer window at the moment. There's going to be a lot of speculation. Sure, Frances and I will be covering every single ounce of an it of a rumor that you might hear but as far as the show and the content everything we're doing i mean the, the only good news the only silver lining is that uh, if you enjoy the barcelona content the barcelona podcast content you're going to get plenty of it because again i'm going to be home i'm going to be reading books i'm going to be working on different things related to the history of the club and then frances will be joining me every week to break down any bit of news that we have but also do some fun things as well so this is all continuing again i work in sports so it really is a, a blank slate for me i appreciate 
the the Patreons that are helping out, and I'm going to have some of them help me out with some other stuff as well. So I appreciate all the support, everything that we continue to get, uh, and as much as matches might be gone, the most the best thing we can have from our couches, from our homes, from where we are, where public officials tell you to be, is to stay home, stay safe. But again, the community still exists online, which is a beautiful thing to say. I, I think the one thing I want to end this little beginning rant with, Frances, is just I, I want to say that I'm happy that Messi, and I hope all the players do this, I, I saw online that Messi is taking a lot of the uh, properties that he owns and he's turning them into temporary hospitals and he's or housing for uh, for public health officials that might need it whether that be doctors or nurses or what have you he put on instagram as well basically saying you know stay home hashtag quedate in casa hashtag stay at home uh, and i'm really glad to see that Messi and i hope a lot of public figures continue to step up here because as much as governments and depends on where you are around the world i know a lot of our listeners are in the united states you know governments can't force people to stay home i'm discouraged to see in the u.s the number of people that are still going out, but I'm hoping to see these celebrities and sports figures and and people that are outside the government. As much as you know, the, I hope the government takes more measures and more steps into making sure everyone's safe and not even incentivize people to stay home, but make sure people stay home for the people like Messi who have so many followers and so much influence. For him to say, "Hey, regardless of what you think or what you want, I'm Messi. I'm staying home." You need to stay home. You need to do the right thing and help the most amount of people. So I do appreciate that from Messi. So Frances, I, I think, I guess we'll get into what all this means with everything being shut down because of the virus. Is that good? Sure, let's do that. All right. So at the moment, there is a UEFA meeting tomorrow, and that could certainly answer a lot of questions, but I suspect it also won't because of the amount of time that I think that as far as just two weeks, that's what Liga is suspended for, but I think it's two weeks minimum. There's no way that football is going to come back in a week and a half or what have you. Again, continue to watch what's happening in Italy, France, and a lot of different countries around the world as this continues to spread. By the time I talk to you, uh, by the time you hear this, uh, in the U.S., things might be different too, but the NBA, NHL, so many other leagues that were deep in their season, the season could be canceled altogether, but what we've seen so far, reports even coming out a few days ago, REF President Luis Rubiales has said that there are four options at the moment, complete the season, cancel it, end it now, or use the halfway table. Those last two options give Barcelona the title, but I think regardless, it would be a bit odd the way the way this is going to play out. There's 11 matches left to play, working with UEFA and the role in the Champions League and Euro 2020 will be essential. If Euro 2020 were to be postponed to another year or canceled, then potentially the league could be finished by, we'll say, July or August. And, you know, this is actually the area where I, I'm actually hopeful, Frances, about the possibility of how all of this can transpire. There's so many different things you could do. For Champions League, it could be it could be one-off games for a matter of two weeks. It could be a truncated schedule for La Liga. I think there are a number of different solutions here, and I, I think it's time for, and I'm hoping it's time for these different big money organizations to get creative and understand that they're already taking, I think for Spain, it was $6 million in revenue right off the top for one week. So they've lost, they're going to lose revenue already, but to just get creative to make sure that everybody gets what, or the football that they, they deserve, I guess to say. Yeah, there are many elements that obviously you just mentioned. I think what we need to prioritize is everyone's health. And when I say everyone, I include the players. You know, I think that the fact that, um, it, I think it was Gobert in the NBA uh, was the first coronavirus affected player to basically be announced. And then Donovan Mitchell followed after. We've got the different people. I know there's one in Juventus, certainly there's five, Garay, another, another four employees and players from Valencia. So I think 
the common sense has to prevail. And, you know, this is this is a virus that doesn't sort of respect who you are. It doesn't care what your ideology, what your position, what your um, what your well-being before and after will be. It's just a virus. It just doesn't really care about any anything or anyone. Um, that being said, then I think the, the, the institutions were right to cancel everything um, until they've got a better handle on what this this disease, this virus, this pandemic actually is. Um, obviously, the competitions have started, as you said, they are deep uh, into the seasons, and they, there needs to be solutions. Um, I wouldn't want Barca to win the Liga just because it's finishing now and they were first at the midway. I don't think that, to me, that would be acceptable. I don't think La Liga should be void either. Um, I think that the season has started, so it really has to end. Uh, my solution would be just whenever the authorities agree that it can be played again, then decide whether it should be behind closed doors or sort of just the players. But, you know, the, every every single check needs to be done properly and then continue to play until all the games are played. Obviously, this doesn't necessarily, and you mentioned the two weeks, it's certainly not going to be two weeks. I would be surprised if it's less than two or three months even uh, until everything can be restarted. So um, my solution would be just to hold fire until everything restarts. Um, obviously, European seasons, We've got this um, this shadow hanging over everyone's heads, which is the Euro Cup, the Eurocopa, that let's not forget is played in all sorts of different countries and, and stadiums. With Wembley, I think um, England Wembley Stadium, London had the final, and I think the semi-finals as well. But anyway, I think that tournament can be moved to next season. Um, people were saying and speculating December. To me, it, that doesn't change much at all. So to me, that should be started sort of next summer and see, and hopefully everything is finished by then. And as soon as we're available, restart all the leagues. I think there needs to be a coordination. I know there's a lot of money involved. I know there's a lot of different FAs that will probably have a different opinion themselves. But I think it needs to be coordinated so that all the leagues restart pretty much on the same weekend. And there's a finishing line pretty much on the same weekend too, to, to keep everything consistent. Um, Wayne Rooney had an idea as well about um, seasons sort of going all the way to December because the the World Cup here in Qatar in a couple of years is going to be in December as well. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not everyone's brain, obviously. Uh, my solution is simple. Once the authorities um, agree that we can restart play, let's do that and do it as quickly as possible. As for the Champions League um, knockout stages, etc., I think it would make sense to reduce the games as, as much as possible. And if they're going to be played behind closed doors, you may as well go to a neutral ground and just play the next rounds there. There was an idea about a final four. Um, obviously, then in my eyes, it should be a final eight because you know the quarterfinals aren't, aren't finished yet. But um, I would be I would be for having less games, but the 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 pyramid towards the final to continue. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I think again, as far as the Champions League, definitely that certainly that's going to be one off. I hadn't heard that Wayne Rooney idea, and I think that is an interesting idea as far as almost redirecting the calendar for two years and then maybe they reset it. The only thing about the amount of football that will need to be played when it finally does return, again, the amount of time it's going to take to get a return, it matters a lot. So I think with UEFA, not that they have no answers, it's just no one has any answers on how long this pandemic is going to last and what the world's going to look like afterwards. So for UEFA, as much as they can have their meeting tomorrow, I don't know how much can be truly decided. They can come up with solutions and we're going to hear hopefully a lot of different ideas. You know, I think as everyone knows, Francesca and I are fans of the NBA. And as much as people praise the NBA for being the first domino, it did take a player, an actual player to be 
to test positive for the coronavirus before they even suspended. And then all the other leagues obviously quickly followed uh, after the NBA. But all that said, I like to hear for the NBA during their meetings, I'm interested to see the different ideas that they're coming up with. And they are willing to be creative, whether it's a, a tournament to end things, whether it's to play a few warm-ups and then jump right into the playoffs and have the playoffs be best of five or whatever it may be. And I hope that UEFA and La Liga and all these different FAs decide to be or choose to be a little creative as well, understanding that there is going to be money lost. And all that said, the silver lining for Barca in however long it's going to take to play, Luis Suarez should be fit and should be around. And then Usman Dembele, depending on how long this lasts, could even play a part uh, in the conclusion of the season and the final most important games, which I guess it's a little unfair, but you know, not immediately to burst that bubble. The kind of argument to that is that I guarantee that the football on the field is going to look a lot like preseason and a lot less like the teams that were in complete form, that were in positive form and playing well at that point in the season. The other big questions to ask that Barca don't really have to deal with, again, they're at the top of the table, but as far as who gets relegated, my belief is that I don't think anybody should be relegated or you have a relegation tournament in the same way that maybe they're thinking about having a tournament for the top six teams or something, but how do you weight the position that they were in, right? Is it if Espanyol loses one, then they're, they're immediately relegated, and then a team like Abar, who's not in the relegation zone, they would have to win two or they or they would have to lose two or three matches rather to to be relegated and be put in that position so i hope that they just get creative that's all i know because simply put this is this situation is completely unprecedented it's not even likely you can look through the history of the liga to figure out an answer the only times the league has been canceled was the three seasons from 1936 to 1939 during the spanish civil war even during world war ii the liga continued that was the season where atletico madrid where this is a little bit of history, and now I have time to do this, Frances. So if you're indulging me, Atletico Madrid at the time was known as uh, Atletico Evasión, so the Air Force, and it was related to uh, the government. At that time, during the Spanish Civil War, Atletico was the team of the government, if you will. And Real Madrid, certainly, when they won all their, their cups and they became the team, uh, we'll say, of the Spanish government, the one that the Spanish government used to tout out to the rest of the world and say, hey, look, this is Spanish football. We win all these titles. We have the Stefano and all these things. But before that, prior to that, the, the one that was directly affiliated, obviously, with the military was Atletico. So that's where they won their first two titles. And again, that was just for the Spanish Civil War, even during... I can't say this enough, that even during the, first, the Second World War, because of the, the role that Spain played... Obviously, with you know, not to say that they were on either side, but the the role that Spain played in the world, they were they were able to continue La Liga. And before that, yeah. prior to that, all football had stopped during the Spanish influenza. But that was before La Liga even started in 1929. Yeah, and the only point I want to make there that that's totally true and and good homework done then. But Dan, you clearly have got more time this week. Um, <laughs> just to say that football was used and and arguably still is used today as a distraction for the masses from what's actually going on in politics. And uh, that was a tool that Franco and, you know, other Spanish leaders have used throughout the years to, to keep everyone quiet and, and sort of direct attention from what actually matters. Yeah, that's a really good point. Well, we're going to continue to talk a little bit about what the season has been for Barcelona and what it could mean for Bartomeu, Victor Font, and all that after this break. With currently no NBA, NHL, or college basketball, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, from their online casino to poker and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day and all online. Sports aren't totally done, there's still mixed martial arts, and the esports is on the rise. 
If you're into entertainment, you can still bet on American Idol, the elections, the spelling bee, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your new ticket to online action. All right, so we're at, obviously, the point with this stoppage where we expect the season to finish and continue. But, Frances, I think I just want to bluntly ask you, what do you make of this season, the one that Barcelona have had so far? The season so far has been marked by the inefficiency from the board in order to make sure that we've got the best possible coach um, from the beginning of the season. Um, Obviously, because that didn't happen, then the team that we had was not fit for purpose, um, especially when they ended up changing the coach, um, not halfway through, well, yeah, halfway through the season, but obviously in recent times, around five, six weeks ago. And we are in a situation now in which the team was fighting, you know, with very, very little effectives, with very little um, amount of players, first team players especially, in order to move forward. Um, We don't want to look for silver linings, but obviously the fact that the whole competition has stopped may allow some players to come back may allow some players, especially one of the oldest players, the a larger amount of rest that could be beneficial moving forward if the thing is to be move forward, obviously, as we discussed before the break. And yeah, so I would say it's been a it's been a disappointing season overall, especially knowing that the Messi's peak basically doesn't have that many more years left. Probably this one and a couple more being optimistic. Yeah, right. I, I think this is one of those many seasons and Prosperity won't let us know this for decades now, but in the future, I was the actually the background of my laptop computer. And people, when I work other jobs and they see it, they'll they'll say something. But it's it's the treble with with Messi and Neymar and Suarez and the whole team, Rafinha and Adriano and all the fun ones. They're all you know set up and they're they're celebrating the Champions League trophy from 2015. That was the last time Barcelona won the Champions League, and this is one of those seasons where you do. Think about that for a moment and go, oh, it's been five years now, plus potentially six seasons on that Lionel Messi has not captured another Champions League. And unfortunately for Messi, I think and already believe that he is the greatest footballer ever to play. And those are all marks. And every one of those years is a mark against him that when he was in his prime, because you, you, you do think about it, that the last time he won the Champions League trophy, he was just entering what would be his athletic prime. And throughout this time, the team that was formed around him was certainly one that he wanted in his image, but in the same way, it wasn't entirely correct that the board missed on so many different players. And the squad that is left now uh, is what it is. And one of the other big questions that we have to ask with this layoff is how would this affect the transfers? Obviously, there will be a lot of rumors, but will the window stay the same if you have the season go into July or August, or even as Rooney or others are putting forth, what if it's still going on in the fall? But the other thing would be, are deals now being cut in secret while everybody's stuck at home on their phones? Obviously, all the agents are probably not, they're not giddy, obviously. This, I don't want to make light in any way of this situation, but obviously agents are on their phones. They're doing a lot of work from home. You know, I think it's something we'll know more about in a few weeks as far as the transfers and all that. But, you know, don't be surprised if you see a million Neymar stories start getting louder and louder in the next few weeks. Uh, people have to talk about something, obviously. So you're going to see a lot more rumors like that. And Frances and I will be talking about those. So something else I want to hit with you, Frances, and I want to know if you've heard anything on Catalan Radio or any news that you might have seen. I haven't seen anything in sport, but Vilmos had asked us, how do you think this could affect elections? And that being, you know, Bartomeu, I, I think that with he and Victor Font, who seems to be the leading candidate, I know Laborta is kind of, he's hiding in the grass, <laughs> you know, waiting for, I think, the right moment. Yeah, I mean, there, has, there hasn't been anything much mentioned 
about elections yet, just because everyone's so hyped into the, the, the health situation, which obviously um, is the way to do it, rightly so. What has surfaced in the Catalan media is about Barca's transfers. Um, they, they are reporting that they're looking for a centre-back with a preferred left foot, e.g. Lengless replacement or someone to compete with him. Definitely, and this is, um, you know, it's high time we get someone decent for this. It would be a fullback, would be a left wing, basically, uh, someone who can do Junior Filippo's job better than Junior Filippo's doing it. They're also talking about a Yaya Toure Keita sort of midfielder. Um, people t- tend to call that a box to box, aggressive physical midfielder, um, which clearly we don't really have um, in the team. Are also um, the, the traditional Lautaro, you know, the traditional striker to try and get Suarez out of the starting spot, uh, which, by the way, even Suarez himself has said, yes, that is needed because it would help me be better every day. Um, that's pretty much what has surfaced. Now, what this will mean for elections, I mean, it's very early to to call. Um, I know Bartomeu is going to be involved in this huge meeting about deciding arguably the future of football as we know it, um, definitely for this season. And I think that key decisions at the key point are going to be I want you know I don't want to anticipate anything, but in my eyes, we'll be digging a larger hole that basically has already been digging really, really deeply over the last year and a half um, with his handling of the staffing, coaching, and certainly making a club worse than it was when he started taking the reins. Yeah, I don't see how the elections happen till 2021 now, just because again the timeline and in these kind of situations as. It's, this is not about football in any way, but when these kind of situations arise, it's best usually for any organization to have the same steady hand that started the conflict to end the conflict. It usually works that way that uh, you'd want Bartomeu to be able to see Barcelona out of what is, again, this thing that every club is going to need to guide themselves out of. Uh, and again, Barcelona, I, it can't be said enough, they are in a privileged position where Barcelona, FC Barcelona, as it were, is going to survive and going to be just fine financially. As much as they, you know, they take a deficit and things are going to look a little nasty for Barcelona not getting that gate revenue, sure. But there are clubs all over Spain, and I don't even think of the first division. I'm talking about the third division. I mean, you are going to see or could potentially see a lot of the opponents of Barcelona be folding and closing up their doors. And again, I'm not sure if the if the federation would step in. Or, or they'll suspend some of the, the costs. How are they going to pay? Obviously, the, the big thing here is how they're going to pay all the employees that work on, net, on match day that, that need those ticket sales, that that's where the revenue comes from to pay the, the concession stands or what have you. Everybody related to those events, being events, football matches, so much goes into those. You have to remember how many people are actually involved, not just the players and the coaches and the people that you physically see, the referees. So I, I don't know how a lot of those smaller clubs, send, again, with Spain, all the financial issues that they had had in the past, still recovering from the, the global recession from more than a decade ago, that being a lot of those smaller football clubs. So I'm interested to see, and for me, I would love to see if Barca and Real Madrid, and to a degree, Atletico Madrid, Valencia, the wealthier clubs in Spain, I hope they do their darndest and do their due diligence to prop up Spanish football and understand the importance and the role that they have to play financially as leaders, again, regardless of when this starts up again. I think for Barca, there is, there is a moment here for Barca to be the leader and with alongside Real Madrid, as much as they're eternal rivals, 
they are the richest clubs in Spain, some of the richest clubs in the world. And I think, again, financially, the power that they have, if they are able to join together and hold hands, they can make sure that the uh, it could almost be a new era for Spanish football uh, if they're able to not even put aside their difference, but if they're able to put aside a little bit of their greed. And uh, and I, I put this on the Federation as well. I put this on Tebas, obviously, certainly, uh, Ruby Dallas. It's on everybody to make sure that football the way it is looks as close to what it was before this pandemic as to when it ends. Exactly. I think it's, it's tipping in, isn't it? I think everyone should be tipping in in order for the whole system to survive. I mean, without teams such as, I don't know, um, Castel de Fels, Granollers, uh, San Andreu, Europa, Catalan football wouldn't exist. Without all of those clubs doing what they do, there wouldn't be players sort of excelling at youth level so that Espanol and, and Barca, which obviously we're a Barca podcast, um, can can sign them and then they can fill up the squads in order to develop football at every single level um, that ultimately generates players such as your Sergio Robertos and your Chavis and your Iniestas, etc. Um, that is what the system has been and that's what the system should be. I mean, if you think about it, the vast majority of money... I, I'm, I'm making this number up, but I would say 80 to 90% of revenue from, from TVs has to be in Primera División, in La Liga. And out of that, I, I think it's around 30 to 35% Barca and Madrid together get. So if every single club at the top level agreed to take off, say, 5% of their revenue and share it across, then teams in Segunda B and Tercera División, they would certainly be able to survive. Um, but... At the same token, if that did not happen, then I am sure that teams such as the ones I mentioned, Europa, San Andreu, etc., um, they wouldn't be able to survive, I want to say, three months without football. Um, not necessarily because the people, as you mentioned, the people at the gates and the people that, you know, at the, the cleaning stuff, etc., but actually the players themselves, they wouldn't be able to get paid. I mean, the situation in Spain is critical as it is in terms of uh, revenue for what I want to call amateur football or, or the last layer before professional football starts at, at Segunda División level. And yeah, this could be this could be huge. I mean, there's a lot of um, factories and, and, and multinationals that are already sacking everybody. Um, I heard today that Seat and Nissan and even Burger King in Spain have already done this. Um, like Burger King has released everyone in Spain. Um, and I got this information from, from El País. So if I'm wrong, sorry, sorry, Burger King. But this is what I read from El País, which is a reliable source. It's going to happen. It's going to happen because if you're not getting money in, you have to you have to cut costs. And it's going to be very, very difficult for a lot of people. Obviously, I don't want to get too too political or too general here. But if we're just talking about football, there's a lot of clubs that will have to fold if this continues. And I know this is something that has been mentioned by one of the chiefs in the Bundesliga saying that, you know, don't worry about 18 or 20 teams for next season. Worry about this season. The 18 teams that are currently there will not be able to finish. And, you know, I don't want to be too catastrophic here, but this situation has to change if we want our sport to continue, as you mentioned, the way that we know it. Yeah, and I think the underlying thing that Francis and I want to circle back as this kind of wraps up our conversation about all this, and before we close, we'll tell you about what's coming uh, in the future for us. But as far as the way this pandemic affects football, the most important thing that, again, I want to remind our listeners is that football is secondary. It is as secondary as possible in this 
instance. And, and again, it's all about what's happening in the world. It's about public health. It's about uh, just doing the right things and keeping as many people alive during this pandemic as possible. So again, football, it is our distraction. It is our entertainment. It's been used for all those different ways throughout the years. As Frances had said, the government had the Spanish government had used it as a distraction. But again, it is largely entertainment. It is something that we spend so much time worrying about and thinking about. And it is our community as well. So uh, we just have to, again, be vigilant and be focused on that. But uh, again, I'd like to see for Barca right now, as we're recording this, they are replaying Barca versus Juventus in 2005 at the Gamper Trophy. So I'm glad that Barca is going to start to dig into their archives and show us some old matches that we can enjoy. I know they don't have the, the rights to older Champions League or Liga, but I hope that some of the, as far as the digital aspect of things, that again, they also open up the reins on the archives, on the vaults, and they put all those good stuff out for everybody. And I say all over the world. I hope Barca is able to get some of those rights, put them on their website, and so that people can stream them and all those different things. So I, there are a lot of possibilities for what they can do in terms of media to fill time, to fill content. I'm excited to see those things. And for us, perfect transition about what content we're going to be producing. Uh, as I said, Frances and I are going to be talking about usually transfer rumors, or we're going to be asking listener questions. We have a special show. You can call it Ask Me Anything, where we're going to be putting out to people some questions that they can ask us about uh, the inner workings of this podcast, about uh, how what things go on behind the scenes and what it looks like with this relationship between Frances and I. Again, a man from from Catalonia who lives in Qatar. Why is he talking to a guy who lives in New York from the U.S. and all those different things? I still things. don't know that, Dan. I still got no idea what we're still talking. <laughs> well, those, all those questions and more will be answered. We're going to have a special show about that. I'll put that on the listener group. So that'll be a fun show. Uh, I also, we're going to be, again, I'm going to be having a Patreon guest on. The plan is to be talking about some finances. I'm going to have YouTube content still coming out as well, whether that be lists, whether it's, again, history. Frances, he tipped you off. I have already been doing my research. I've already been doing my reading. So I'm going to review some of my favorite books as well. That'll be a YouTube video, maybe even coming out in a few weeks, depending on uh, the schedule again. So I've got a lot of different things that are on the burner right now. Uh, I have plenty of time to burn, but for it, I'm still going to be talking about Barca. I'm still going to be thinking about Barca. And certainly it's still going to, for me, even though matches aren't going on, and I hope it is for all of our listeners, it's going to continue to be that escape that we have, that entertainment as I'm sitting at home, just hoping that everything is going on well in the rest of the world. Totally agree. And I'm very happy to be part of it so we can continue to uh, keep our Barca brains going forward, even though that time seems to be passing very slowly. And uh, yeah, as we said at the beginning, health has to come first. So let's let's make everything better if we can together. Perfect. So we thank you so much for listening again. You can tap in your app, check out the show notes to subscribe to the show on Twitter at the Barcelona Pod or at HiltonD13 for me on Instagram at the Barcelona Pod. Our closed Facebook group, tvpod.link backslash group. I'm interested to see the discussions and deeper dives that they continue to discuss each each day. And you can also help us out on Patreon, as many have, to continue making these shows at tvpod.link backslash Patreon. YouTube, you know about that. That's the Barcelona podcast. Again, check out some specific work over there that's not on the podcast. So check us out there. Hit that subscription button. And as always, thanks so much for listening to the Barcelona podcast. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon on Forza Barca. Be safe. Forza. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.